You are listening to The Limitless Podcast. I'm your host, Deanna Heron. What if you had no limitations keeping you from your dream life? In 2016, I had a major tug on my heart to write a book about my story. And in the process, I learned that I had been operating with a very faulty belief system for the majority of my life. I've had a huge transformation since then. And my life's passion and mission is to teach you how to live a limitless life. Join me on this journey. Let's get started. Hello, friend, and welcome. Hey, I am super excited to announce the opening officially of Unveiling the Confidence Code. This is my unique program that I've actually curated to make it a little bit deeper and a little more specific uniquely to you. So I want to ask you, what happens in your life and business when you are in complete alignment with your genius zones? Here's what happens. Freedom happens. Better decision-making happens. You will be able to trust your full-body yeses and full-body noes. You will unlock the unique path of least resistance for you. You will be able to market yourself in the easiest way possible, uncovering some blocks, not to mention you will experience deeper connections in your relationships just by aligning with who you are. So inside this beautiful container, unveiling the confidence codes, we will have five months together. We will create your five unique confidence codes. And here's what they are. They're already in you. You already have them. They're uniquely to you. God designed them. We're going to pull them out in five areas of your life, who you are in yourself, who you are in your business, who you are in money, who you are in your relationships, and who you are for the future. And all of these are going to help you stand in complete inner confidence. That's where the magic is. Here's what will happen. We'll have five months together, two live group calls with me monthly, weekly meditations or breath work, breaking through the blocks of beliefs that are holding you back, And each month we will have one expert guest for our topic. So your greatest gift to the world is your authentic self. And these codes will give you the confidence to be her unapologetically, my friend. From personal experience, it's absolutely changed my life. And I can't wait to share it with you. For a limited time, this program is 50% off. I put the link in the show notes. I hope to see you in that container. Hello and welcome to the Limitless Podcast. This is Deanna Heron, your host. Thank you so much for joining me on this fabulous Tuesday. I am always, it's such a pleasure to be with you and just to serve you, grow together and be together. And I love the community that we have, like-minded women who are willing to do the inner work to really grow, to become the greatest versions of themselves. So thank you for being here. And just as a reminder, I want to remind you of my mission. My mission is to help women stand in their truth, their authentic truth, who they are created to be, because a woman standing in her truth becomes limitless in her impact. And I know that's what you want, my friend, because you're joining me on this podcast today. So I am super excited today. It's going to be an amazing podcast because I have a special guest, Reagan Nelson, and I met through LinkedIn. And I scour through LinkedIn and I I just literally devour people's about, what are they about? And this woman just really, really struck me. I thought, you know, 
not only do I want her on my podcast, I want this woman in my life. She is so fascinating. She is actually, if I were to look in the dictionary of an achiever, it would be Reagan Nelson. I'm pretty sure it would have your picture on it, Reagan. I just love what, what she is doing, what she has created in her life and um, how she's impacting so many people with what she's doing right now. So welcome, Reagan. I'm so honored and just excited for this interview. So yeah. So thank you for being a part of this podcast today. Thank you for having me and for a flattering introduction. It's the truth. It is absolutely I am an achiever. I don't try to deny that. Enneagram has confirmed it. I am an achiever and a helper, which together make a wonderful recipe for people who don't say no. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. So I would love for you to introduce yourself, tell us about yourself, and then we're just going to we're going to dive in. And you guys, just so you know, this is take two of this podcast. We've had technical issues. And so I know that you guys are going to have so many golden nuggets through this podcast. And, you know, Reagan, honestly, just thank you for your patience with this. So yeah. oh my gosh, of course, I hope I, I can reproduce those same nuggets. <laughs> yeah, it'll be awesome. Yeah. So tell us about you. Yeah, my name is Reagan Nelson, as Deanna said, and I live in a beautiful place called Sun Valley, Idaho. It's a ski resort. I actually grew up here and have lived here my adult life now for almost four years, but I spent over 20 years away growing as a leader and as a person. I started my journey at University of Puget Sound in Washington State, where I got an undergraduate degree in exercise physiology. And then I went on to graduate school at the University of Utah, where I got a master's degree in physiology, working specifically with winter sports athletes, like the U.S. ski team, speed skaters. And that was the world I, that I lived in. I actually grew up as an alpine ski racer, ski raced through college, and always knew that I wanted to work in sport performance. And after graduate school, I achieved what, what had really been, a I don't want to say a lifelong dream, but something that I had thought about for many years, which was to go and work at Nike. And as you know, a, a young person growing up in the early 90s, Nike was, of course, the premier sportswear brand. And I had the opportunity to actually go there to the World Headquarters campus in Beaverton, Oregon, when I was with a ski camp with the U.S. ski team when I was, I think, 15, 16 years old. And I remember just being mesmerized by this place that had a campus with gyms and restaurants and a salon and a lake and a running track. And it was this really bright, shiny, amazing object. And when I started getting into biomechanics and physiology, this, you know, sort of light went on in my brain saying, oh, maybe, maybe I could work there. Maybe I could do this work that I've been studying in school and, and go to work there. And fortunately, I did. I actually started as an unpaid intern the summer after I finished my graduate degree. I was actually finishing it simultaneously and had applied for the full-time position that I was essentially doing. And I didn't get that job, which was a pivotal point in my life. It was one of the best and worst things that had ever happened to me. They, ha they hired someone with more experience that I really just couldn't compete with. Luckily, they asked me to stay on for a few months until she arrived, which was definitely salt in the wound. But I figured that at this point, they were actually going to pay me. So that was good. And I also knew that I would have a better opportunity of networking and finding positions within the company, other positions 
from inside than I would if I was, you know, no longer there. Fortunately, that was a good decision. And three months later, I got a job in apparel innovation. And that was, you know, the beginning of my almost, well, over six years with Nike working in through the sports research lab into innovation, and then ultimately into a really small innovation group that led me out of the company almost, well, over 13 years ago in what was another sort of bittersweet moment of making this decision of, is this still serving me? Is this what I wanted? Is this still the bright and shiny object that I that it was six years ago? And how can I walk away from this? And that is what led me to what I do today, which is consumer insights and innovation consulting. And Nike is one of my clients. So I still get the best of the Nike world, which is to still work on really amazing cool projects, but I don't have to deal with the politics. And I also don't have to live in in Oregon anymore, which is a real plus. But you don't have the spa and the running track. and. <laughs> yes, I know. But I live in the outdoors and I would much rather be running in the mountains than around the cool track. I will say I had some pretty amazing experiences when people think of Nike. I got to meet Roger Federer and I was working on a project that was relevant to him. I went to the Michael Johnson Performance Training Center in Texas and was working with some of the Dallas Cowboys. And I mean, there are, there are other stories. I mean, we had guest visitors when Lance Armstrong was at the height of his cycling career. I was working on the Discovery Cycling Apparel. And I worked on ice pooling vest, which was used at the Athens Olympics. So, you know, it was very cool things that I got to do. But with age and time and a little wisdom, I learned that those are just things and those weren't necessarily fulfilling me in the way that I needed and ultimately the way that I deserved and, and wanted for, for a long-term relationship with my work and with myself. It's amazing. I love what you just said is that you, you, it wasn't as fulfilling as, as you thought. You ready to dive into a little bit of deep stuff here? <laughs> because yeah. It's really good. Yeah, I think we all at some point will recognize that what we were pursuing isn't necessarily the thing that's going to fulfill us. And you just kind of just went right into that for sure. And I would love because, you know, the women that are listening to, to this podcast are female entrepreneurs. We have, you know, moms at home. We have business women. We have realtors. We have, you know, all kinds of, of successful women. And what is it that you noticed in you at that point that you were like, okay, I need a switch. I want more. And what was it that you recognized that wasn't fulfilling you? I think that would be. So yeah. A great I mean, well, my one of, we, we always joke that the only thing that con that's constant at Nike is change. It's a really large corporation. And so my job and the group I was working in was essentially eliminated. And so my position was moved into a new area of the company. And I had a boss who was new to the company, a job with really undefined role and responsibilities. And I was working in a business entity that I knew was not in Nike's long-term strategic plan, just based upon the previous experiences I had had. And it was a really tough place to be. I like boxes and rules and definitions. And because I'm an achiever, I also like to know what I'm working towards and how to get it. You know, there is a little bit of that, like, I like to check the box 
kind of thing. And none of that existed in this role. And I was undervalued and I was underappreciated and I cried a lot. (laughs) I was just really unhappy. This place that, you know, used to bring me so much joy and excitement to go to work every day was no longer bringing any of that. And so the gym and all the other things and, you know, the cachet of working for Nike didn't really matter anymore because I didn't feel good. And it was actually my husband's idea. He said, well, why don't you start your own consulting business? And I had never really considered that before. Ironically, because both my parents are entrepreneurs, they work for themselves. And I was also um, a highly successful salesperson in my childhood. My twin sister and I, who's also an achiever, I don't know that she's actually taken the test, but I don't think she really needs to um, because we are identical twins. So I'm pretty, pretty sure that we're, we're pretty much the same. But, you know, we won every Girl Scout cookie sales competition. We lived on a golf course and we sold lemonade and we would make the golfers buy their balls back when they hit them into our yard. We're like, this is private property. If you want them back, you're going to have to spend a dollar to get it. And so I was a very entrepreneurial child. But through college and grad school, I had always thought about a working for someone. You know, when I was going through college, I was actually going to go to medical school, which is very much, you know, an in-the-box kind of defined job. And then going to Nike, that, you know, it's a very corporate, traditional role. And I had never thought of myself as someone who could run my own business. And I think it was ignorance ignorance is bliss that I said to my husband, okay, why not? I'll give this a try. And so I did. I quit, which was kind of crazy. Because, you know, what you were saying is I just, I just wasn't happy. And a lot of times I know many women who stick with something, they're unhappy, but they don't feel like they have another choice. And there are always other choices. There are. And I was fortunate. I always like to make sure to acknowledge the fact that we could afford for me to quit my job. We could live on my husband's salary. You know, it wasn't easy, but we could afford that. And I recognize that not everyone is in that situation. And for the people who aren't, I still think, as you said, Deanna, you do have a choice. You may have to keep your job a bit longer and start something on the side. I know many amazing entrepreneurs who have done that for quite a long time. And that is harder than just quitting and starting something new. But I think if you're desperate enough and unhappy enough, it can be done. Yeah, I, I did that. So I, tra- I made the transition from medicine into network marketing. And I stayed with medicine for three years until I, I made, made that transition. But you're right, there is there is a choice. I don't know that it's necessarily harder. You still you still have to put in the time and the work to build what what you built regardless you know it was still something something new but i have a friend who just said you watch less tv you watch less tv yes <laughs> there's there's not as much free time when you, she she was working her corporate job and also had started a, a business in network marketing and she people are always well how'd you do it and she goes i didn't i didn't watch tv for three years yeah true story yeah i didn't watch tv that's that's for sure. There was a lot of things that I didn't do. TV is the old the old way of saying it. Now we would say, I didn't look at my social media for three years. <laughs> yeah, we didn't have that. We didn't have that. So, so yeah, it's just there are other things that you can do. It's just 
having the courage and honoring yourself, right? Honoring, yeah. yeah, your time there was done and that's okay. That's amazing. I love the word courage. I use it quite often because I think a lot of the women that I've worked with over the years talk about lacking confidence and confidence is one piece of it for sure. I don't actually think you need confidence to do a lot of things. You just need courage because we're never going to be a hundred percent confident. I mean, who was I kidding? I was, you know, I think 28 years old, 29 years old. And I had no other work experience besides Nike. I wasn't terribly confident, but I was either courageous or ignorant or silly enough to do it anyway. Well, there's, there's that, that part of you that, just knew I'm going to make it work. You just knew. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the, that's the pure ignorance of entrepreneurship, right? We just, we see the opportunity and we may have, you know, an activator that paints that big picture of for us. And we go, Oh, okay. I, I think I can do that. <laughs> and then we start walking the journey and that's when all the limiting beliefs come in. But yeah, for me, once I say something, because I'm an achiever, I do it. And you know, I know that's not everyone's trait, but if I said, okay, I'm going to do this, then I have the skills and the follow through to actually to do it, which yeah. has served me, has served me well. And not just professionally, years ago, 2017, 18, my husband and I went to, to Chamonix, France for three weeks and we came back and said, gosh, we would really love to live here for the summer. And we just started talking about it. And I talked about it as if it was going to happen. And lo and behold, in 2019, we lived there for three months. And minus some COVID hiccups, that is now how we spend our summers is living and working in Chamonix, France. And people always say, well, how did you do it? And I just said, well, we just did it. We talked about it. And then we just did the things to make it happen. And, you know, I really, truly believe, you know, manifestation takes the verbalization. Yes, for sure. So you, you are talking about the two programs that I run in my coaching program, Confidence Code and Manifesting. So, and that was, you just did it beautifully. I didn't have to mention any of it. So thank you for that. But yeah, it's all about, it's about confidence and just knowing it's the confidence of knowing that once you make that decision, it is already done. It's already done. You just have to make the move towards it. So that's so beautiful. I love that so much for you guys. That's amazing. Yeah, with we're very fortunate. It's our life is very much by design. People will say, Oh, you're lucky. And I usually correct them and say, I don't think I'm really lucky. I've made a lot of really intentional decisions. I'm fortunate. This is not a common lifestyle. But for me, the lifestyle was always a priority, which I think in the back of my brain, even at a young age, you know, my late 20s, I knew that I wanted freedom. I believe that flexibility is one of the ultimate luxuries of the world to work for yourself, to answer to yourself, to have the freedom to move. And I think that was really very much evidence through COVID people you know, migrating to places like where I live out of the cities and taking remote jobs and choosing lifestyle over work. And you know, I was ahead of the curve. People always uh, said to my husband and I, like you had a crystal ball when we decided to move that you knew COVID was, was coming. 
because in 2019 was when we decided to leave Portland because we knew after living and working in France for three months that we could do our job from one state over. You know, if we can make it work from eight hours away, we could make it work from one hour or two hours. So change the trajectory for the workforce for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's, you know, as someone who works in innovation and insights, we would call that a beta test. And so, you know, we, we tested it out and I encourage people to test things. I mean, this is how I, I work with my clients and, and run them. You know, you, you do the insights, you do the research, find out discovery research, we call it. What are the things that you want? What are the pain points? And then generate ideas. So we're like, well, we can test this out. Why don't we try France for three months? And then you test those ideas and then either you validate that they work or they don't. And luckily for our case, it worked to spend the summer in France and it worked to move. It may not have, but if we never tested it, we would have never known. Yeah, that's awesome. So cool. So what fast forward? So what are you doing now? What are you up to now in your in your life, in your career? Yeah. So as I've said, I, I'm a consumer insights and innovation consultant. I work with companies like Nike and Columbia Sportswear in the apparel and footwear industry, outdoor industry. I also work across a number of other industries in wellness, supplements. And I could think of, I just finished an amazing project with a women's nonprofit organization in Detroit, Michigan. They, uh, it's called Boss Blue for anyone in the Detroit area. I highly recommend that you check it out. And I just did a fun insights project with them. That's my my core consulting work. And then for the past five and a half years, I've been a brand advocate with a company called Beauty Counter, whose mission is to get super products into the hands of everyone. And that really has become a pivotal part. Well, it was a pivotal point in my life joining Beauty Counter and that it sent me down a path that I don't think I would have gone down otherwise professionally. And that was in sharing the importance of choosing safer products on your health. And obviously someone with a health background, I was very in tune with health and physiology. And I knew that exercise and diet were really important, but no one in my, any of my schooling ever talked about environmental toxins and toxic chemicals because this conversation wasn't really happening until maybe about 10 years ago, even kind of at the earliest. And I learned about Beauty Counter probably nine years ago and started using the product. A friend had asked me if I was interested in network marketing. Ironically, I said, no, uh, never. I would never do that. And then something changed three and a half years later. I thought, you know, why not? This seems like an opportunity. And it has brought about so many amazing things for me, mainly learning. I mean, it's been a fantastic business, but it's also given me an incredible opportunity to learn about uh, the way that this business is structured and then also about science around environmental toxins and personal care products and cleaning products. And it prompted me three, a little over three years ago to start a podcast called This or Something Better where I interview innovators and change makers doing things to make the world better. And I have over 110 episodes on that podcast and just recently um, put it to bed and am launching a new podcast next week, which will be January 16th, Tuesday, called Clean and Green Living. And the podcast is 
dedicated to helping people reduce their exposure exposure to toxic chemicals through easy and affordable lifestyle changes. And this has really evolved as an area of focus for me as I've seen friends die of breast cancer and bladder cancer and struggle with infertility. And I had a friend who had two bone marrow transplants and she died uh, late last year, just a few months ago. And there are just so many things in our environment that we are being exposed to. And given my background in health and my unique ability to research and gather insight, I decided that I'm in a unique position to be people's researcher and guide and to help empower them with the knowledge and resources to, to lead safer, healthier, and more sustainable lives in an easy way because it can be really overwhelming. It can be very, very overwhelming. Yeah, right. Because there's so much that we don't know. I know, I don't know if you're familiar with Food Babe, Danny Hari, do you know her? Yeah, she does a lot about oh. You know toxins in food. And yeah, so she's a, a great one. But as far as environmental, you know, you have some of the EGWs and those kinds of things. But this is going to really help a lot of people. I don't even know about a podcast that does clean and green. Is it? Is there even one out there? I mean, there are. I think there are a few areas of focus. But I would. I'm really trying to differentiate this show in that it's all about being easy and affordable and you don't have to do the research because nobody has time to spend hours, nor do they have the background or the experience. Even I struggle sometimes, but fortunately I've created an amazing resource of experts, mainly through beauty counter. We have a science advisory council, doctors who I've connected with, who it's their mission to study this, a woman named Christina Ross, who is a scientist at Credo Beauty, who has worked in toxicology She's going to be on an episode coming up about sunscreen because, you know, we're told you should use zinc sunscreen. Chemical sunscreen is bad. There's avobenzone and oxybenzone and ingredients are killing the coral reef. They're good, bad for the coral reef. They must be bad for us. And, but why? Are there any safe chemicals? Maybe they have chemicals in Europe that they are not banned, but they're banned here. And then, you know, so all of that is really hard to dig through. And I actually did some research uh, with women because of course I can't start something new without doing some research. So I sent out a survey and was asking people within my community, like what, you know, what does this look like for you? What is clean living? How do you know you've achieved it? What happens when you can't achieve it? What happens you feel when you feel overwhelmed or you can't find the information? And pretty much everyone said, well, I just give up. And my hope is to make it so that you don't have to give up so that I can give you enough information to make safer choices and also be okay with it not being perfect because we are never going to live in a toxic free world. So I will never say, you know, toxic free life or non-toxic life because these environmental toxins are everywhere around us. You know, glyphosate and pesticides, they're in our soil and our air and our water. It's in the plastic, our car. I actually had a really interesting conversation with Christina and Mia about this in an upcoming episode about all the plastic that off gases in our car. Is anyone looking into that? No, but we can't obsess. You know, you can't drive yourself crazy every time you get in your car thinking about how it's poisoning you. It may be, it may not, but you shouldn't spend all your energy 
worrying about that. So I really focus on the things that we can control and making small changes because it is shown scientifically that by reducing your exposure even just a little bit can help you to have more positive health outcomes or fewer negative health outcomes. So fascinating. Yeah, you're right, because you can go down that rabbit hole of, you know, just really digging into there's so much that we don't know about. And you're right. I never thought about the plastics in our car. <laughs> well, you want to know the funniest thing? I was just having a conversation this morning with a friend. You know, they tell us not to put plastic in the dishwasher because when plastic is heated, that's when you risk the phthalates and other ingredients being off gas. So she said to me, I noticed that my dishwasher is plastic. The drawers in your dishwasher are plastic. I haven't yet investigated since my call this morning with her. I need to go check out my dishwasher and I'm going to do some research. I'm going to call the company that makes the dishwasher and I'm going to ask them what the dishwasher components are made of. I mean, there are plastic components in the dishwasher, but how are those different than us putting the lid of our glass, you know, dishes in the dishwasher? Maybe they're not. Maybe they're not. But that's a great question. It's a good question. And I thought people might want to know. Yeah. And it's interesting because a lot of, I know for a, a lot of my life, I just kind of walked around just trusting and, you know, just, just trusting. And it really wasn't until, you know, I started in my network marketing company where the ingredients are clean. So I really started to look at, you know, the food and, and all of those other things and started questioning everything. And that's what I love about what you're doing is it's giving us a permission to really question what it is around us and make those, like you said, affordable changes that can impact yourself and your family, which is um, invaluable because we are, you know, just we're doing this interview over Zoom and, you know, we're, we're being exposed to different things as we're doing this as well. So it's yeah. really interesting. Yeah, I love And it. I think as women, we often put a lot of guilt and shame on ourselves for, quote, mistakes, you know, maybe made in the past. I think it's one of the reasons that the older generation of women struggle when younger women come to them and say, well, you know, these are safer products and, and this mascara has coal tar in it and this lotion has parabens in it. And the immediate reaction is, well, I've been using those and I'm fine. Like, so it's not a problem. And it's not about like you made the wrong decision. It's that we now have more information to make a better decision. And that's nobody's fault. That's just where we are. I mean, it's like life with my daughter. You know, she makes decisions at 12 that, that she will not make, hopefully, in a few years because she will have learned from mistakes or learn from new research and testing. And, and that is science. And I think we need to acknowledge that the decisions we make today are different than the ones we will make 10 years from now, but that doesn't make them bad. It just makes them different. Yeah. It just makes them, when we know better, we do better. Right. And so. Yeah. Yeah. I used to end every episode of this or something better with Maya Angelou's quote, which is do the best you can until you know better Then, when you know better, do better. Well, I can't wait to listen to your podcast. I'm super excited about it. So it's coming out on Tuesday, January 16th is the first episode. And that will be an interview with a woman named Alden Wicker, who is the founder of ecocult.com, which is a fantastic 
website and resource for sustainability and safety in the clothing industry. She recently launched a book called To Die For, spelled D-Y-E, and it's about how toxic fashion is making us sick and how we can fight back. Love it. So amazing. Well, Reagan, thank you so much. You are just really just a wealth of knowledge, but just such a pleasure to have a conversation with and learn from. I just have enjoyed this so much. So any last minute, anything you want to share with the ladies that are listening? Oh, gosh. I mean, since I know that your audience is women who are trying to level up and maximize their potential and find, you know, what makes them happy. I truly believe that following your internal compass is such an important part. If something makes you feel bad inside, it's probably not serving you well. If you don't enjoy doing it, probably not serving you well. If you can't see yourself doing it for a long time, probably not serving you well. And don't be afraid to ask yourself those questions and really challenge your limiting beliefs and those assumptions and your past experience. Be okay with things being different. I think that's the most important thing. I give my daughter that message almost daily because she is 12. And I notice that young people especially are really uncomfortable with being uncomfortable. And I think that's a young, something about younger generations, Gen Z, Gen X, maybe not Gen X so much, but Gen Z for sure, millennials sort of created this world of bubble proofing around them. And as parents want to try to solve the problems and be fixers and the best thing we can do for ourselves and for our children and for our friends is to let them be uncomfortable and let them be challenged. And if you're a female leader, I think that's okay too. Let your employees feel uncomfortable. You don't, as a leader, have to do the work for them. Don't micromanage and fix things for them. They will never get better if you do that. You know, parenting is often like leading I think there are so many analogies in, um, you know, how you manage a team and how you manage your, your home and your children. And you have, we really just have to empower ourselves with information and do the hard work, be comfortable with being uncomfortable and accept that every learning experience is a part of our journey and will help get us to that, that next step. I will just end with one cartoon analogy that I saw that's one of my favorites and it was a it's a man on one side of the picture the bunch of blocks on his shoulders weighing him down and then in the cartoon next to it it's that same man with those same blocks and instead he has built stairs so you can either let those things weigh you down or you can use them as a stepping stone to something better so good Thanks again, Reagan. It's been an honor and a pleasure. And I'm so glad that we stuck with it through the technical to complete this, because I think this was even better than the first one. So, well, see, we learn, right? Meant to be, meant to be. Well, thank you guys so much for joining us. So God bless you. Have an amazing week and I will see you next Tuesday. Thank you, everyone. Hey, thanks again for joining me on today's podcast. If you missed the beginning of the podcast, 
I want you to know that I just launched Unveiling the Confidence Code. It is live now. In this program, we will be curating your own unique confidence codes in five areas of your life. These are going to help you stand in your truth, being able to make decisions, those full body yeses, those full body knows. I have put more information in the show notes for you. Click the link. Love to have you with us. I'm honored to have you as part of the Limitless community. If this podcast has added value to you, I'm going to ask you to do two things for me. Number one, share it with your family and friends. And number two, go to Apple Podcasts and rate and review this podcast. Follow me on Instagram at Deanna Heron. I always love hearing from you. If you would love more about what's happening in the Deanna Heron world, you can go to DeannaHeron.net, subscribe to my email list, or even be a part of my private Facebook group. I look forward to seeing you next week. God bless you.